Hello, ladies, and the few gentlemen that join us very often on the podcast for The Working Girl. It's so lovely to see all of you. And I'd like to, you know, welcome very warmly to the podcast for The Working Girl, Charlotte Ama Osei. Hello, Charles. Hi, Nkiru. Thank you for having me. Welcome. And ladies, I'd like to read, you know, her very impressive profile. I mean, I've shared before that one of the things that I love to do, you know, is to read profiles because I feel like they inspire me. So look, I'll start with, you know, the big ticket items, which is kind of telling you that Charlotte is a lawyer and a writer, an international elections consultant. You know, until recently, she has served as a chairperson for Ghana's Electoral Commission. Um, she also served at the United Nations Electoral Commission. Um, or as a commissioner in the United Nations International Electoral um, Body, if I can call it that. Um, she served in Afghanistan. She holds two master's degrees. Look, I've known her forever. I mean, I know that I remember, okay, actually it adds up. She has two master's degrees, one from <laughs> Ontario and then the second from South Africa, um, Pretoria. Obviously she's a member of the Ghanaian um, Bar Association and many, many, many things. But you know, a few of the things, you know, that she does that interests me quite, quite well is the fact that she's a convener for the Thirsty Woman's Tribe, which is, you know, women's support network. And you know, ladies, we talk often about women really supporting women. And then she's actually also a TV host. And most importantly, is also my big sister. How about that? So hello, Shal, <laughs> giving you a message. <laughs> Guys, you see why Charlotte, so ladies and gents, you see why Charlotte is, is very important to have on the conversation tonight. And look, I'll tell you where we're starting right off from. I remember a couple of years ago, a female prime minister was announced. And as always, I was so excited, terribly excited. I posted it everywhere and I connected to her because she had been in public service at the time. And then, you know, she made a statement I found quite poignant. She said to me, you know, it's not enough for us to cheer her. Country, she has some people, she's like, no, it, it's not enough to, you know, um, to, to just arrive there, you need support. So I think, Shao, my first question to you is, what is it like, you know, being a woman in public service, you know, like that um, prime minister, obviously you having said, what is it like? And then we can dovetail into you know, the big insights, you know, that you gave me about it not being enough to cheer, but support is also important. Over to you, Shaf. I, I see from, from what I've experienced and from what I've read about other people's lives, like you, I love to read about other people's lives because there's just so much to learn. And I've never accepted that ignorance is bliss. Ignorance mm -hmm. can really be stupidity and it can be um, very painful. <laughs> so, um, public service can be extremely difficult for women. Again, depending on the level you are in and depending on the perception of power. And I say perception because it's not always actual power. Depending on the perception of power that that role carries, it can be very difficult. And let's be clear, it's not just an African problem. It's mm. a global mm. challenge. Mm. Um, um, people say it's lonely at the top. I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. It can be lonely in a certain sense, but I don't think that's just for women. 
right. I think that any position that comes with great responsibility mm-hmm. can also come with um it can be lonely just because there's so much you have to consider in taking decisions and mm-hmm. anyone who is not in that same position or has not been cannot mm-hmm. always understand what you're dealing with and all the things you have to juggle so um that's not um a challenge that is just for women it's just mm-hmm. it's general mm-hmm. but women generally my perception is and my belief and what i've seen is that public service especially at the very high levels can be incredibly challenging mm-hmm. and difficult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you want to, you know, tell us, you know, in what ways? And I mean, obviously I ask because I do have a couple of female friends who are um, at very senior levels, you know, in, in public service. And, you know, some of the things they say to me, and, and that's not to put the words, you know, in your mouth, is the challenge with the leadership. I think it's first getting people to accept their leadership as females. So are these some of the things you faced? They also talk to me so often about, you know, the boys club. So I think is, have, have this been your experience? You know, I mean, what's your experience? Please share with us. Okay, prior, prior to my um, foray into public service, mm-hmm. I had worked in banking. Um, mm. I'd worked in a very large bank. I'd worked in a small bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably like, in the in the larger one i was probably like upper middle level management you know you're just not at executive level but yeah like mm-hmm. you know almost there but mm-hmm. when i went into the small bank i was company secretary i was head of legal so automatically i was there mm-hmm. um even though i was in my 30s i did not see challenges to leadership maybe mm-hmm. again because um one i had a very very really really great boss who really mm-hmm. exemplified for me what workplace christianity was like so mm-hmm. maybe because that toxicity was not at his level i didn't see it so i was not mm-hmm. challenged the decisions were accepted of course you had to mm-hmm. manage egos and you know an all male board and that kind of thing but it was it wasn't that bad but mm-hmm. then i started running my own law firm that was fine because you you are boss of your firm um mm. but when i was appointed into public service um i don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but my first appointment was as chairperson of the national commission for civic education i was mm. i was somebody too yeah um now this is one of the independent constitutional commissions in ghana actually on the same level constitutionally as the electoral commission and the commission for human rights and administrative justice i was the first female appointed to that role but there was no public outcry as to gender or anything <laughs> this is why i talk about perceptions of power because the ncce even though it's on the same level as the electoral commission does not carry the same kind of political mm-hmm. significance mm-hmm. right right Got but it. i remember I was kind of bullied into accepting that position. The president mm-hmm. at the time had been my lecturer mm-hmm. and um it was like you're going to do it, you know, rather than being mouthy and complaining about everything wrong, getting them mm-hmm. to stop. So when I got the, I remember after my swearing in mm-hmm. um probably out of fear, I didn't even go to the my new office. So I was still sitting in my mm-hmm. office looking. After like a day or two, I'm like, "Charlotte, actually you've been sworn in. What are you doing here?" 
So I said, okay, let me get a grip on this new job. So I signed for the director of admin. And sorry, I'm giving a very long-winded answer, but you'll understand why. So I signed for the director of admin. I said, okay, so tell me about this institution. Um, so I said, uh-huh. first, how many staff do I have? He said, 1,800. I said, no, you must mean 180. He said, no, 1,800. <laughs> with, with offices around the country. Uh-huh. I think that's when the significance of the role hits me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I had to go into the office. I had two deputies, both in their 60s. Uh-huh. And I was too. So the, there were challenges to my leadership, but they were not overt. Mm. They mm. were very covert. But remember, that can also be even more insidious and more dangerous. I was going to say, had, isn't that a tougher kind, though? Because yes, it's, it's, it's passive. Yes. And mm. so you may even be asking, you may be questioning yourself, is it Am mm-hmm. I imagining this or am I making too much out of that? You know, um, they had never had a female chairperson. Mm-hmm. So the first day I had a meeting with the executive, first question was, what do we call you? Mm-hmm. I said, well, you can call me Charlotte. No. I said, so what do you want to call me? Mm-hmm. And they're used to chairman. I said, well, in the constitution, he says chairman. You can call me chairman. No. And they went, I said, you know what? You can call me whatever you need to call me. We just need to get the job <laughs> on. But you could see their difficulty. And I tell you, that was the first job where I realized mm. that some males are unable to process female voices. Mm. 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 And it's really because they've been socialized mm-hmm. not to respect women, not mm. to believe that women can have anything sensible to say. Mm. Um, if you are their boss in their mind, mm. it is it is anomaly, an anomaly, it is a mistake. Mm. That's not the way it's meant to be. So mm. you cannot really blame them. So um, they, 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 I mean, if you, if you come from a cultural background where mm-hmm. if a woman wants to acquire land, she must come with mm-hmm. a male, even if it is a nine-year-old boy, or she will not mm. be listening to you can understand them so mm. um i had to quickly realize that you know it's not about there's no point getting angry about it there's no point getting worked up so there was one staff i had to work with because he held he managed a very important portfolio and i realized mm-hmm. he just not process female voices and so i'm talking to him mm-hmm. and i feel like he, he, there's a there's a barrier so I, yeah. I started to sending him emails. So I'd have a meeting with him, then I'll just send a very sweet email. Hello, just a reminder that um, I need you to do so, so, and so, and so, and bring it by this mm-hmm. time. So the challenges mm-hmm. are there. There's ageism, there's sexism, um, mm-hmm. there's subcon- a lot of subconscious bias that they, that they are not even aware that is playing out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, we know all the things we have to do. You have to work really hard you have to disappoint um the 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 the, the, the um, audience of haters who are waiting for you to fail and all that there's also the little things that we need to be conscious about and i think rather than getting angry about it um mm-hmm. just have, adopt a spirit of empathy and understanding and 
This mm-hmm. is how they've been socialized. This is what they know mm-hmm. as their reality. You need mm-hmm. to get the job done. So you need to find ways to mm-hmm. work around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so interesting that, you know, we are the one who are now tasked, you know, with helping them to unlearn, you know, all their culturization that they've been through. And again, you know, the burden of delivering the task, you know, is still on us. So it just feels to me like, when a woman then steps into the role, she, you know, it's quite heavy because she's dealing, you know, not just the work, but, you know, all of these um, egos. And as my friend would rudely say, all of this testosterone, you know, that she's she's having to deal with. But I, but I hear you. Um, and I guess um, empathy because the person to understand where they are coming from. Look, I think my my second question, you know, would be around the boys club. And, you know, this is something we hear about so often. And I'm not going to try, you know, pronouncing her name lest I I get it wrong. But the um, EU, um, the EU Commission president, you know, only a few days ago had the, I, I suppose they're now calling it the sofa gate. You know, the issue <laughs> of arriving you know, and the guys taking up the chairs. And, you know, I try to look at it objectively and I'm like, what just happened here? And, you know, I listen to other people's views and I'm just thinking, was this the boys club? Is it just them getting ahead with it and not pausing to consider us? But I've also got a flip question. So maybe to you is, you know, what did you think of that whole sofa gate? Did you think it was the boys club? Of course. Of course, it's it's um, it's how it's always been for them, hmm. and we forget that the powerful would never willingly give up positions of power. We have hmm. to fight and we're fighting for it. And I was actually, in a way, the naughty part of me was hmm. happy that it happened, hmm. because these are things that happen to us. Hmm. in bottles where there are no cameras and there's no international media. True, true. And you have a hard time explaining how disrespectful it is. Hmm. And um, it's very hard for men to understand mm-hmm. because hmm. they have not experienced it. So today I saw a news article that said that the, the, um, the EU president, the other guy hmm. was the one council of president or something, the mm-hmm. one who took the seat was mm. saying he hasn't been sleeping well since that incident happened. He was embarrassed. I'm like, oh, now you see how we feel. Yeah, we get slighted all the time. I mean, our voices are ignored. You mm-hmm. say thing and think something in a boardroom and a male colleague repeats the exact same thing. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And you feel like, am I invisible? Or they can't hear mm-hmm. me. So women go through this. That was mm. a powerful moment of female invisibility, something mm. we stop all the time that happened on the well stage. And it just shows you, I keep telling people this um, <laughs> hatred of women in positions of power is a bigger mm. pandemic than COVID. It happened, <laughs> see where it happened. <laughs> see where it happened. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't kill us, but it is, a, it's a bigger one. It's, it's more, um, mm. It's so. What's the word now? It, mm. It's it's spread and it's it's um mm, very far-reaching though. It's very deep-rooted. Yes, this is mm. what we go through. Mm. Mm. Right. I hear you. Look, 
so I think what do women, you know, at, at that level and, you know, in public and private service, what must they do? And the reason I'm asking is, you know, we've been accused of, oh, she's too emotional. Oh, she's taking it too personal. And I've kind of felt, but, but I'm feeling a bit trapped. You are doing this to me and you're almost telling me how to react. So, so what must we do? How must we deal with this, you know, this subtle bullying, you know, at in boardrooms? What, how must we deal with, you know, this um, subtle misogyny, you know? And like you said, Shal, um, the less obvious ones are the more toxic ones. Yes, I think that's how yeah. we phrase it. What must we do? How must we handle them? I think what we're doing today is one of the things we must do. We must talk about it. Mm -hmm. And when I say talk about it, it doesn't mean standing in front of international media and yelling that this is what we've been through. Mm -hmm. But there is power in numbers. There's power in sharing stories. Mm -hmm. So if you know that, you see, Charlotte has been through this and this is how she managed it. Mm -hmm. When it starts happening to you, you don't feel like, poor me, is it because it's me? It's not you. It's a system that we're fighting. So, um, yeah, the, the boys club worked to, to get men promoted into positions of advantage. Mm -hmm. Let the girls club work towards um, just holding us together and keeping us sane. I mm -hmm. tell people that um, we, we talk so much about mentoring, mm -hmm. about um, when you get there, open the door for the others to come. Right. But you know what? If, 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 that, if the door has been opened to me and I've managed mm -hmm. to get a seat, Mm -hmm. and I'm firmly seated in that room at that table, mm -hmm. I can get up even more times and open the door for other women. So mm -hmm. where we need, we talk about supporting those who are coming, even mm -hmm. more important it is to support those who are up there mm -hmm. so that those doors remain open. I could have been so scarred by my time in public service mm -hmm. that it got to a point where I was like, it's very difficult for me um, to honestly tell another woman that coming to the space because mm. mm. it was just so much toxicity. Um, mm. The impact on my family was um, was was significant. Mm. But I also realized that okay, so you survived a lot of things for a reason, and mm. maybe to empower other people. Right. But the point still remains that if we talk about this more we get mm. more women prepared, you know, and we keep saying, break the glass ceiling. Yes, mm. we need to break those glass ceilings, but let mm. us prepare the women that mm. in breaking that glass ceiling, when glass breaks, there will be cuts. Mm. You would have wounds, but mm. there is a path to healing. Mm. It's mm. not fair to make people believe like, hey, go shatter it. Mm. Shatter this glass ceiling and mm. You've done so much and, you know, everything is all right. No, let's prepare them mm. to not just break the glass ceiling, but for mm. what comes after the glass ceiling has been broken. And it's only by sharing these stories that people mm. can prepare themselves better. So when it starts happening to you, you know that, okay, I've seen this script before. It happened here. It happened there. So it's not me. This is how to fight it. So, 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 Shalata, hear you and thank you. I think the point about shattering the glass ceiling and the unintended outcomes of the shattered glass ceiling is, is not something that I had dwelt, you know, on before, but it is, you know, a very strong point and, you know, obviously something 
um, that one needs to dwell on a bit more. But, but can I just leaning on that question? And it's around, do you think, you know, as, you know, women who are coming through the ladder, we are asking, you know, the right questions. And do you think that the respondents are responding, you know, truthfully, vulnerably, you know, because, because I mean, I asked because the only reason I set up the Lighthouse Network was because I was, you know, going around to all these women for us in Lagos and saying, how do you manage your home? And people just said to me, don't you have a domestic staff? Just put it together, you'll be fine. I didn't find those responses authentic, you know? I kind of thought, but these guys are not being vulnerable. They're not being authentic. I feel like we're not, this point you made about, you know, the glass, would, the ceiling would shatter and an unintended outcome, there'll be pricks, there'll be burns, there'll be yeah. you know, there'll be, be cut, there'll be cut, you'll need bandages, sometimes you need stitches. Mm, mm. So do you think that women are, are speaking vulnerably, truthfully about no. their journeys? Mm. Not mm. not a lot of them. I've, I've seen interviews that have been quite disappointed. I don't see a lot of vulnerability. Mm. No. Mm. Mm. It's and it's all I think it's it's also because. Mm -hmm. Women have been, um, I'm trying to find an emotion shame. You know, this thing about mm -hmm. if you are being told all the time that you are weak, you are not strong enough, you don't belong, you are too emotional. Mm -hmm. All the stereotypes that they used to describe women. So mm -hmm. you now become afraid to actually show that um, um, emotion or that mm -hmm. vulnerability, even when you have to. Mm -hmm. And because also women have been, we've, it's not just women, society is generally very judgmental. I hear you. So, um, and that's one thing that we as women need to consciously fight against. Mm. So because of where I've been, when I start reading stories, you know, the usual, oh, she slept with Susa and so together. I'm like, hey, so the man too, why didn't he sleep with Susa and so together? Or you today you're talking why didn't you if it's so easy do it in advance you know because you, you learn to know that not all those stories are true and sometimes there's actually no iota of truth i mean i could pull up a thousand newspaper front page about me that has no truth mm. Mm. but part of the part of the advancing to the top is understanding that you'll be misunderstood you'll be mm. deliberately misquoted you'll be lied about but just mm. keep your focus so i can deal with all that and but i must give other women the same benefit of the doubt when you start saying those things about them so mm. again because we've been so groomed into being very judgmental about mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there's this veneer that women could dispersate so uh, mm -hmm. i find it very funny when um watch when any woman of her is being introduced they have to tell you and she's happily married with four children <laughs> and i'm thinking so if she was not happily married or she was unhappily married or she would not have children would that make her less of a banker less of a managing director director less of a ceo it has absolutely nothing to do with it but it's almost like we are forced to put those things out in the public domain to soften Mm. the image mm. and to show that that it is it is patriarchy it is the message really is that in spite of all these achievements she is still subject to a man somewhere mm. you mm. see mm. so it always they'll sneak that in mm. and make it seem like they are 
um, hyping the woman, but really to secure that, oh, she's still. So then, mm, to, keep this passage, mm-hmm. to keep this passage, you'll now find the women themselves saying, oh, although um, I'm CEO of, uh, <laughs> and I have mm-hmm. uh, 50 African countries under me, I still mm-hmm. for my husband and I still wash and I still. Mm. That's not the things we never, okay, it's great if you do it, but why do I have to know about it? Why mm. must you push your submission in my face when we're talking about your work? Mm. I've never had any man say, and I'm sure there are men like that. Yes, mm. I'm CEO of a Fortune 500 company or mm. I'm CEO of this big um, company, but I still mm. make breakfast for my wife every Sunday. I don't hear them saying it, but there must be men like that. Men do not need to push their niceness in us to soften mm-hmm. their power. Mm-hmm. Women always want ways of softening that power. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, I will do it. But you know what? I can, I mean, I can argue um, differently to say that perhaps these women are just thinking, um, well, if this is what the society accepts for now, can we just you know, check up that box so I can get in. And yeah. maybe when I get in, we'll work to changing the narrative. I think it's, so part of, when it's I... part of our apologizing. Mm. But, but that's what takes us back to the earlier question you asked. Mm. So it is still part of the the false narrative that we're selling to the other generation. So a mm. young lady listening to you who is not married now thinks, oh, I have to be married mm. and have to and be this wonderful housekeeper to mm. think that I'm enough. Mm. Mm. How about you, you as you are just being enough and just focus, being focused on your dreams? Why do we need mm. to soften the power or the semblance of um, we're fantastic career people by all this household stuff? Mm. 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 I hear you. I hear you, Shal. And And those are truly, I mean, I suppose I just hadn't looked at it through those lenses, but only last week I was talking to a chief executive and he made a very strong observation. And his point was, you know, it surprises him sometimes when, you know, women have been pulled into the circle to help change the dynamics, but they then decide to adopt the toga of masculinity and then begin to behave like men. And obviously, you know, he says that it completely, it completely does him in because he's thinking the reason, you know, we're here is so that you can represent the gender. You know, you can say to us, four months maternity leave or three months maternity leave is horrible. When you have a baby, you need X amount of, he just, so so I, I think the question is, what is it with us that when we get into those roles, we now wear the toga of masculinity instead of influencing and diluting, you know, with our own, you know, femininity? Uh, I think it's two things. One, I think is because we've been made to feel like we're not enough. Mm. And even when you've earned your seat at that table, Mm-hmm. The part of mm-hmm. you is still almost apologetic. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not good enough to be here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the troublemaker. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one who is fighting for women because let me just sit in here quietly. Shame. It, yes, but the shame is on the collective because if we were 
working closer and supporting each other closer mm-hmm. then like i said it's not just sharing that so so and so has been appointed mm-hmm. the next thing would be to have a tea party the girls club and start telling the person what to expect in here and how we're mm-hmm. all going to support you to mm-hmm. to bring about change but mm-hmm. we let them walk into that room alone with all mm-hmm. this and they with and not knowing how to handle their femininity so what do we expect mm-hmm. the culture has always been male in mm-hmm. that room everywhere so mm-hmm. it's easier for you to walk into the room and want to blend rather than want to stand out and mm-hmm. as much as the chief executive says that the women were brought in there to make the difference what kind of um, preparation were those women given what was the orientation mm-hmm. where they told this if you are not told this it's easy for you to just want to sneak in that quietly it's okay let me sit here until i can adjust but before you know it you've become part of the culture there rather than being the change so i think it is our collective duty it is to create that community and that's what i keep saying we're so busy with supporting the ones who are coming we're not supporting the ones who are who are up there and they mm. need support to stay up there so that we can pull more from down up so let's build that community for the women up there where they well, know they that? can talk without fear and they can be vulnerable enough to share their thoughts but but shall why do they need to be told though i mean we see the stats you know every day on the the no, gender you gap see, you see they don't not all women see you'll be surprised okay and give- not everybody and you know like they say when you are making history sometimes you're mm-hmm. not even aware that you're making history because you are mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. so um one woman being appointed may not see the power she has to influence change unless mm-hmm. there's a community telling her that we're assuming mm-hmm. she knows um because the issue of women advancing you are passionate about it you are looking mm-hmm. out for those stats Hmm. She's just hmm. juggling her little life and trying to advance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear you. I guess it's perspective on which yeah. side am I standing and staring into the garden. Okay, I hear you. I agree to be generous on that point. <laughs> so, Remember, so empathy, like, empathy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying. I hear you. I hear you. So, so I think by virtue of my work as a career coach I get a lot of people you know who come to me and shall I have to tell you that if I think of when I started you know till today um the people who have had the hardest of times the people who have struggled until they graduated into you know depression or mental health challenges have been women who are being managed by women And I, and I think that you know when the last when I dealt with the last lady I kind of thought what was going on with us you know what is it you know about us and you know one of the ladies actually said to me oh please you know you find I even saw her online doing women supporting women with the hashtag you know but the 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 dissonance you know between you know the hashtag and the experience is like night and day so I mean when you lap it up with Xamanda's trending video this week that talks about feminism not being equated to wickedness i think the hard question for you is what is it to me or have to i'll send it to you <laughs> send it to you 
So I think the hard question for you, and I don't, I don't mean to be unkind to you, is what's the problem? Why can't we, you know, support in actions and in words? What is it with females reporting into females? What's the problem? Um, so I think it's it's almost it's 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 one of those big life questions that not anyone has been asked. But um this year I've just been studying the impact of emotional wounds on people. Mm. And um, we've looked at wounds from childhood, mm. wounds from people who have authority over you, whether it is um, an older sibling or a teacher, um, bullying in school days, um, wounds from loss, whether death of a partner or spouse or divorce or being um, rejected, abandonment. We've looked at, um, we looked at um, spouse, partner abuse, but the emotional side. We mm. looked at, um, you know, it wounds even from the church. Mm. And the, the, I came to two conclusions. Mm-hmm. Everybody has wounds. Mm-hmm. Whether you recognize the wound or you don't recognize it, right. whether you see it or you right. don't see it, you have wounds. And you owe mm-hmm. yourself the responsibility to mm-hmm. sit and reflect and say, I thought, oh, this boyfriend dumped me. I thought I was over it, but I'm probably not. And so mm-hmm. I've carried that wound into probably even a marriage. Mm. You need to figure out where you're wounded. You need to figure out mm. where you're bleeding. The bleeding may be internal. You may not be seeing it, mm. but mm. you're doing damage to yourself. And so everybody has wounds is one. And the second conclusion I came to is that wounded people wound other people. When mm. you mm. talk about this <laughs> wicked women, <laughs> that's what comes to my mind. So because we also live in a culture, in a society, where mm. women are so abused that sometimes the abuse even becomes so normalized that mm. you don't realize you're being abused. Mm. Whether it is at home, whether it is um, in relationships, even in the church. Right. You carry these wounds around and you see another woman and you are wounding her because you yourself are a wounded person who has not healed. So mm. you see the pettiness for no reason. Mm. She's dealing with wounds at home and she cannot fight back, but she can bully somebody at work. So, mm-hmm. and of course it's easier to bully another woman than a man. Um, mm. you, you, you get to the church and you're being talked down to and it's very misogynistic preaching, which is not mm usually not even very scriptural if you get in jacket, but it's culture being masqueraded as um, Christianity. And you carry all those wounds. And so you are wounding other people. That's all I see. If you really, and it's also about people not knowing themselves. We spend a lot of time learning about um, the skills we need to succeed at work and all that. Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence and how to treat other people, and taking the time to know your own self and your own mm-hmm. unconscious biases and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, even the way you communicate with others. We don't take our time to to figure that out. And so you mm-hmm. find that they are just um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's also insecurity. There are a lot of people who are insecure and maybe making somebody else feel smaller makes them feel bigger. Mm-hmm. But it's just a, mm-hmm. a, a, a serious lack of self-knowledge. And um, again, it's about not dealing with emotional wounds. But of course, but of course, because women are human beings as well, it's, there's a bit of it that is just being human, just human mm-hmm. wickedness. So people are just wicked. And I don't <laughs> want to generalize that because one woman is a wicked because it means all women are wicked. But some people are just wicked. There's no other word for it. But they're yeah, human. So so are men anyway. They're wicked exactly. men. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's the human part. We deal with wicked men all the time. <laughs> Look, so I think I think I mean that's that's very deep and that's a lot of wisdom pouring out of that that wounded people, you know, wound people. And I, I couldn't agree more. Um when I think about it practically, you know, I mean some of the things I've heard is um, a corporate gives flexible hours when you are um, a new mom and you know it's a female boss who says what's all this you know in my time there's always that in exactly. my time I carried six children to work mm-hmm. my, son, my son says to me oh god mommy African men every time I worked from African mothers I worked from uh, uh, Nigeria to South Korea on <laughs> by foot by foot yes, so, so everybody yes so if it was hard for me, then it must be harder for you. You know, yeah. I think that theory, I hear you. Yeah. So just two more things before we wrap up. Um, I think one is, is how, what would you say is the role of the likability factor um, in public service? And I mean, I ask because of all the leaders, you know, the female leaders, you know, that, that we've had um, or that we see and you know i'm just kind of curious as an example when you compare all the love well i also do have for jacinda i didn't absolutely love her you know versus the dislike that they had for hillary clinton and you know you bring it down to to everyday life you're thinking why was this one this dislike so heavy you know and why is why are they so accepting you know this this person Obviously, I know that they're two different countries. I know that, uh, um, what do they call those Scandinavian countries? I know they're quite forward thinking, you know, with the female things, but still these are two women. And what role do you think the likability factor plays? Um, A lot of it, like you said, has to do with the country itself and even media framing. If you trace back, why was Hillary not liked? Hillary was not liked because she was wife of a governor in the South, where women are expected to just have tea parties. And she dared to be a lawyer and make no apologies for it. Mm. And worse still, she was married to this charismatic, smart lawyer who made no apologies for it. And it didn't help that her husband also said that, see, if you vote for me, you're getting two for the price of one. No, they, <laughs> they're, taking, 
you are supposed to be baking and yeah and let's be fair hillary's generation hillary is in her 60s now i believe mm-hmm. jacinda is in her 30s it's a different generation so whereas hillary was confined by the the how she was framed in the media and presented jacinda has the power today to frame herself differently using social media mm-hmm. away from the traditional media things um so maybe if we had seen hillary as a mother mm-hmm. carrying her baby that mm-hmm. you know it's still the maternal oh be nice jacinda came pregnant <laughs> oh be nice and with her cute little husband all very sweet this one came with a powerful husband and that's again i tell you the perception of power that you will can make you hated as a woman undeservedly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. by the time hillary was running for presidency all i saw was so much misogyny poured out mm-hmm. that all you had to do was step back imagine hillary saying the things donald trump was saying and vice versa and you would yeah. that it was such an uneven playing field and the media just went crazy with very um very unfriendly media frames really very unkind yeah so that's a large part of it now watch if you want to make a better comparison look at mm-hmm. hillary and michelle michelle mm-hmm. is consistently one of the most popular women in the world consistently consistent yeah. i mean i think michelle is amazing as well but i am not sure that if michelle decided today she's going to run for office will be that popular Hmm. We like Michelle where she is. She can be very popular there as a first lady, as the, the, the wife of a former president. Hmm. If Michelle hmm. decides to run for office today, I do not believe that Michelle will be the most popular woman because there'll be so much thrown at her by the same media. Hmm. She's not in a, she, she wields a lot of power now, but it is soft power that is not obvious power. So they hmm. can handle that. Hmm. Mm. you know so it's it's very difficult it's very challenging but like you said earlier it also depends on the society you're dealing with and uh, and you know we are sitting here and we're thinking Jacinda is very popular i'm sure if you went to read newspapers from new zealand you would hear different stories she would tell you her own stories of you know um fighting mm. patriarchy i'll be mm. very surprised if if Jacinda sure. doesn't have any wounds because we are not embedded in that context and we're seeing what we see the filters mm. of international media it may be different you get in mm. there and she'll have her own watch stories to tell i'm almost no, certain no, i hear you no i hear you i hear you on that i hear you i mean i suppose she's lucky to be also in this in those circles you know them norway the whole she's um, in new I- zealand but But yeah. I mean look at look at um Winnie New Mandela. Zealand. Look at Winnie Mandela. Mm. One of the saddest days I experienced was the day Winnie Mandela died. I was saddened and I was really angry because yeah, she wasn't perfect, but she was a strong woman and she did a lot mm. for the, for for the fight against apartheid in South Africa. But Winnie Mandela had been through all these trials for the 
um, death of the young boy in her football team. And even after she was acquitted, the media kept saying she was guilty and they kept tying her to it. And then the day this woman dies, people come out and say, oh, she didn't know anything about it. And we knew, and I'm like, and you knew all this and you guys never spoke? Mm. It was so, it was um, almost like a popular sport to vilify her, mm. to tie her to all kinds of things. And then the day she dies, all these people came out and said very authoritative, oh, she didn't do this. We knew she didn't do that. And I'm like, how come nobody ever spoke up? They were just so afraid of the power that she wielded that it was important that she was for them that she was attacked and she was her image was destroyed and her reputation meanwhile people knew the truth and never spoke it so mm. when women wield power whether perceived or real they are treated very differently mm. 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 see what theresa may went through oh my goodness theresa may was literally dragged us of down in so many by her, own, by her own party people yes. yeah. and you know in the beginning when you talked about um man the the female invisibility which i call mansplanation when the man is making you know you would see her you know she'll make a point opposition is male he comes he makes that point and suddenly everyone heard it yeah that yeah. man went through so much yeah. so much yeah. through so much so the last um, um, question, you know, I have for you before I thank you um, most sincerely for joining me um, on the podcast The Working Girl is, it's about you know, the people who are coming through behind us. In Nigeria, um, a senior called me and he said, you know, he wanted to speak to me about um, the way that, the, the, in his words, the not very honest manner in which we are driving feminism. His um, point of view was we were acting like, you know, we had journeyed and arrived here without the support of men. And his, he, you know, his view was whether they were workplace sponsors or they were spouses. And then he rounded up by saying we were then showing, you know, the ladies who were coming through behind us that we didn't need men. And he felt it was an an incorrect projection. He actually quite attacked me. And, you know, he said to me, you know, you, you, you give all the speeches, you know, you forget that, you know, your husband has been your support. But I'm like, you're not in the circles where I talk about, you know, how much, you know, support my husband has been. And obviously a lot of my career angels have been men. So you are right when you say that, you know, we've had a lot of he for she's. But his point is the unintended outcome is we make the people who are coming behind us feel like men are not necessary. And that's the type of feminism, you know, that they're riding with. So, so I think is what's your view on that? And maybe after giving your view, it'd be great to take your last few comments as well. My view on this, can they just let us be? Can we breathe? <laughs> I mean, for as long as I can remember, I've seen this yellow signs everywhere, men at work. Do you remember those signs? <laughs> um, and it's always used to baffle me because I'm like, women do so much more work, whether in the workplace or at home, but I've never seen a sign that says women at work. Mm -hmm. And so even in this fight that we haven't even arrived, he still, his only issue is that we must have signs up saying that men are working. Can they just let us be? <laughs> Why? 
We acknowledge them at home. How many men have you seen doing anything in the workplace? Do they go and sit, uh, open the board meeting and say, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming for today's board meeting. I'm here because my wife um, ironed my shirt and picked my suit from the laundry. Give us a break. Men are supporting women. Women too, we are supporting men. We, we've been supporting husbands, paying school fees. Putting, some even put husbands through school from from our grandparents' time. We haven't received acknowledgement card. How about giving us our own acknowledgement and our own whatever that you've been advancing on our backs all these years? <laughs> Let us be, please. We'll give fathers, tell him, please, tell him Father's Day is coming. He'll get his card. He'll get his card, right? He's <laughs> not going to be pleased because I saw somewhere that the highest calls in the world, something called. Is this thing crazy? Oh my goodness. 